Hello everyone, welcome to the Boredom Breaker Podcast. Here at the Boredom Breaker Podcast, we always keep our pencils sharpened. However, we do not sharpen our crayons because when we press too hard and they break, we just get a different color. That's what we do at the Boredom Breaker Podcast. Thanks for joining us. For those of you who have joined us in the past, we appreciate you. And please continue to like, subscribe, and share. We're thankful that you have joined us on this endeavor. Um, quote of the week that we wanted to share with you, or that I wanted to share with you and the guys have allowed me to share it with you, is from General um, Patton. The, the general from World War II, Patton said, don't tell people how to do things, just tell them what to do and they will surprise you with their results. Kind of the idea is, hey, you know, go over there and take care of that. Well, how? Well, I mean, let's just figure it out. Take care of it. Surprise me. Um, so that's the quote from General Patton. And he, um, you know, that's a military quote. And so what does the military have to do with what we are discussing today? It may or may not. Ian, why don't you introduce the topic? Well, the topic today is uh, worship, uh, specifically worship music. Um, and so uh, three of us here, uh, by the way, we do have a guest, Damien, uh, three of us here, so everybody except for Jeremy, are on a worship team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I play, I think we talked about this once or twice, but I do drums and bass. Um, Tanner, you do drums, right? Mostly, yep. Yep. And then uh, Damien, what do you do? Uh, well, actually, currently I'm not on a worship team. Oh, gasp. But, <laughs> but historically, I played guitar um, and sang usually. Nice. And and Tanner does play the piano and the ukulele, and I, I at least know those two things, and, and I have interrupted already, and we're only two minutes in. <laughs> Our agreement before kind of broke down. Yeah. So yeah, we're joined today by a, by a friend of Jeremy and I's, at least, uh, Damian Shaw, uh, who's a huge uh, inspiration for me as a musician, um, and, and both as a is a Christ follower. Um, Damien, is there anything you want to, you want the people to know? Um, yeah, I guess, uh, if we're going to talk about worship music, maybe I should act like I know what I'm talking about or give my, uh, brief resume. Would that be okay? Yeah. Sure. Um, I have, um, I think if, if there's anything, that I can say um, that I had the most experience in, it would probably be leading worship. Um, I, I've been I've been on stage. I think over ten years now. I've been I've been playing leading worship and on stage, except for this past year, um, since I was fifteen. And um, yeah, and, and that actually was my first full time like job. My first adult job was being like a full-time worship pastor uh, for five years at a church in Shelby, where you guys live. Mm-hmm. Cool. Damien, sorry, can you be a little bit louder when you're speaking, please? I know I'm too loud, but if you could mm-hmm. bring your voice yeah. more. Thank you. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, we just, I, I'm a very lazy editor on this podcast. I just <laughs> hit submit, so I don't do any audio editing or anything. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Can do. Thank you. So Damien, I know I know these guys know you, but um how come you're not doing worship right now? 
Well, I, I switched churches, so, um, or, or I switched towns, really. And I moved um, back home to a bigger town. And um, the church I found is uh, actually the church that um, was recommended to me by Jeremy. Um, doesn't have need for that. And I actually think that that was perfect for me, even though that's something that I had a huge hand in in the past. Um, I think currently the way, you know, our, our gifts are supposed to be used for the common good for me to step in right now in that position would not really be for the common good of my church. I like that. I think that's missed a lot by a lot of people who want to be, I mean, in any sort of performance, they just want, however they can insert themselves in. Um, you tend to see that a lot and, and you wind up with imbalances and, conflict so yeah i i actually i feel it, it's exactly that and i feel like it would be a um it would just be me being prideful it, they don't need me at all um they're they're doing really great without me there's other areas that i really need to focus on myself um and, and um for me to just jump in there would really be inserting myself in a place that I don't think I'd be honoring God at that, at that point, maybe as, maybe as a substitute worship leader, I could do that every now and then, but so far, um, I've come to this really weird place where for once I'm not, um, I'm not super needed at, at, as a worship leader. And that's just great. Like, that's awesome. It, it feels great. And it, it feels great to be a part of a church that, um, is, is self-sustaining on its own that way in the worship department. Yeah. You don't feel like you have to, like you are obligated to support. Right. Yeah. I'm obligated to do other things. And, and I think that's a really important part of the growth of a Christian, uh, you know, using their, their gifts for the common good of the people in their community. Um, I think just right now I've moved beyond that. Hmm. You know, I think that's an interesting point because, you know, when we think about spiritual gifts or, or the body of Christ, we think eyes are created to see, ears are created to hear, you know, and, and arms and feet, you know, God gives us different gifts for specific things. <clears throat> but even in the natural body, the nose is created to smell, but it's also created for, you know, um, like when you have a runny nose, it's a symptom like, oh, I have a cold, it's telling me something. Or your ears, your ears are created to hear, but also your inner ear, there's like a bone or something like that that helps you with your balance, right? Like your inner ear is is a part of how you balance your, yourself as a human being. So even though we have gifts, they shouldn't be pigeonholed into, well, this is how I use my gift. Well, no. How about you be flexible because there's a common good or, or church needs this. Mm -hmm. I know that might not be where you're quote unquote gifted in. But are you willing? A lot of times your spiritual gift is your willingness to do something to help out. Yeah. I think that kind of factors into the, the growth like you mentioned too. Like that's a growing thing. Mm -hmm. Like this is how I might struggle in this. This isn't where I'm necessarily comfortable. Um, you know, but but if you're glorifying God and you're doing for the good of the, uh, the church, you know, that I think that shows a lot of growth. Yep. Yeah, and I, I don't want to accidentally imply that I think playing an instrument is like a spiritual gift uh, listed in First Corinthians 12. <laughs> you know, like, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, 
leadership is is you know one of those gifts teaching you know stuff like that um worship leaders need to be leaders and leaders need to be able to not do things that are unnecessary and and so sometimes i i think worship leaders lean way into this unhealthy space of um glorifying themselves on stage when really what they should be doing is stepping back and focusing on some other sort of area and so that, that's what i mean by that good yeah you know that actually i want to throw this to you guys i'm gonna i want to shut up again but i do want to throw this out there um what you just said, Damien, makes me think of James 3.1, where James 3.1 says not many of you should be teachers, or not many of you should be leaders. Um, is it leaders or teachers? Anyway, um, says, yeah, that um, because you know that they will be judged more harshly. And so, in a sense, okay, James was not talking about worship leaders in that context, but... Is there a sense in which modern worship music needs to be held to account in what it's teaching the congregation, what it's teaching the people? Like, sing these words over and over again, and what do these words mean? And is it really glorifying Christ? Or I mean, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, are you, are you asking me? I'm asking all of you. Oh, okay. I'm going to jump in real quick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the songs that we sing on on Sunday from the stage should be held to as high of a standard as our sermons are as, as far as what the content of them are. I would agree with that because, you know, and I, I know we've discussed this before, Damien, like certain songs that we've come across where you stop and what was it? Was it a hill song or an elevation song that had something? Oh, yeah. Jesus, you were created from dust. And it's like, hold on. Like, yeah, so yeah, so that was actually one of the biggest, uh, if, if we want to do like a chronology here of my uh, worship music journey. Um, <laughs> this was, this was like, it was like a, a like I stepped on a bear trap. <laughs> um, I, I started practicing this song, I got it together for the worship team. Um, when I was a worship pastor. And in in that town in Shelby, the um, I, I would say maybe the biggest church is a Mormon church. I don't know if that's still true. It's, it's actually probably the Catholic church, but um, a huge population is LDS. And um, I started p practicing this song that we were going to sing on Sunday. And the first line is, I have it right here, created from dust, you came and you lived among us. And my first thought was, is, well, that's kind of confusing, but it's a Christian song. Um, and then I, as I thought about it a little bit more, I thought, should I be okay with confusing? And, and hmm. when it really hit me was when I realized, um, that that's a LDS like argument. That's something that I try to, when the, when the Mormon missionaries come over, that's something I, we talk about is was Jesus created or not? And should I really be having this line on the screen in my church? for my congregation, many of whom, you know, might be ex-Mormon, mm -hmm. um, many of whom might be exploring. Should I be okay with confusing or problematic lines being sung in songs? And the answer to that should have been from the beginning, <laughs> clearly, um, we should not be okay with problematic lyrics <laughs> in our worship songs when we're coming before God together to worship him. And so that is, 
um, I don't know, are you guys okay with calling out like names and ministries? <laughs> Can I say that that's a Bethel song? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I think yeah. I already okay. like that. We're late for that, bud. <laughs> I was already <laughs> name dropping. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, clearly I made my decision there, but yeah. <laughs> you don't need our permission, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, that became a huge conviction for me as a worship leader. And, and so, um, yeah, yeah, that's a major moment. Um, yeah. And I think like in the sort of current climate, uh, like in the church where you have like such where there is a lot of confusion about doctrine, but also like a very basic, like there's just a like inherent biblical illiteracy hmm. that's so rampant mm-hmm. that like maybe what they're taking from sermons the most, if they're a new Christian or, or if they are like former LDS are the content of the worship songs, you know, the, the sermon might be, might be too much. So that mm-hmm. might be more influential in their theological view than the sermon might. Um, because, yeah. you know, they're just blindly sort of repeating, you know, there might not be as much thought in, into the meaning or, you know, why it's significant when it's saying and repeating. And then all of a sudden, you know, now it's a, a basis for faith. Yeah. Right. It- Ian, I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago. Uh, we talked about how um, don't I don't care about the laws of a nation. I just want to write the songs of a nation. And to, to Tanner's point about, you know, a new Christian, an ex-Mormon, an ex-Jehovah's Witness, you know, whatever the case may be, somebody who has recently come to Christ, they're, theolog- they're not going to be able to give a, a real... A, you know, understanding even as much as we are of the Trinity, or they're not going to be able to explain how Christ is God and man. They're not going to be able to have those kind, you know. But but the music that they hear, the worship that they engage in, is um is really going to impact them as individuals. So, Ian, what would you say about you know? Again, I'm throwing out an old quote about the laws of a nation versus just let me write the songs and how impactful music is. Um, emotionally how we're driven emotionally to music and also um spiritually where that would lead us for our our understanding of um biblical context i think i'm understanding the question correctly but it's 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 making me think of something else to do with the content of our worship in that um a lot of times the worship music isn't really about god it's really about us Mm. uh um, and I think that not, not that I, not to get too conspiracy like, but I do <laughs> think that a lot of churches write songs like that on purpose to get to retain people. And it's all about mm-hmm. retaining people, not necessarily sure. about worshiping in this case. Yeah. Um, and- so I, I, I think you're right that that can be very, very powerful depending on how it's used. I think that's a great point. We mentioned that before too in in John chapter six, where a lot of his followers ran. Jesus's followers ran off, and and Jesus instead of saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait, come back, hold on, let's be friends," Jesus turned to his twelve and said, "What about you? Are you going to leave too?" <laughs> it was almost like like I dare you, I dare you to walk away from me. And and Peter said, "Oh, that's so stupid. We're, we don't we don't have anywhere else to go. You have the words of eternal life." So. The words of eternal life, Damien, does, does 
spiritual context in worship, can we say that worship could lead us to the words of life if, if we use the words, if, if the words are contextually from the Bible and glorifying God versus um, spiritual worship that doesn't or that may lead to what Ian said, a man-centered type worship? Uh, oh, yeah. So, yes. I, and I think I have a good example. Sorry, I had to think about it for a second there. If we're talking about self-centered versus um, God-centered worship, um, I think we can learn from the Psalms. In Psalm 77, we have um, a Psalm of Asaph, and we have a guy who, who is extremely depressed he and i mean he's i cry aloud to god aloud to god and he will hear me um he, he just feels so forsaken but the way that he turns it around and gets back to god i think it's in verse 11 yeah i will remember the deeds of the lord yes i will remember your wonders of old I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds your way O oh god is holy so he he shifts completely from being self-centered at all, even in his self-centeredness was on his own despair, um, whatever he was disappointed in, um, in himself. And he shifts it into, instead, I'm going to remember the deeds of God. And that's worship. That's what worship is mm -hmm. meant to be. That's what our song should be about, is the deeds of God, who God is, away from ourself. Mm -hmm. So you can see how it would be really problematic for a song to focus on self right that's that obviously we know that that's not worship but it's not just that it's not worship it's that has consequences hmm. um, it actually leads you away from god it doesn't just like make you stand in this neutral self-centered space it leads you in a different direction can you dive in a little bit more to what you mean so you say yes like a self-centered direction leading not only leading away from god but leading to self-centeredness um can you can maybe give some examples of that what you mean by that like in worship music yeah um I, I, this is going to lead to me calling out more songs <laughs> and more people we don't have any sponsors yet so we're, we're going <laughs> to alienate as many people as we can <laughs> okay there's no strings attached huh? um yeah, there's a, um, a song, No Longer Slaves. Um, that's, that's a good song. I like listening to that song. Um, there is this line in there, though. It says, uh, you split the seas so I could walk right through it. Um, even though there, there's a lot of, and I would, I would still say this is a God-honoring song. Um, this is probably another point of topic to talk about, but um, it the difference is it should we sing it in church like should we should we come together congregationally and sing it to god um can it be god honoring on its own you know by myself in my car should i sing it corporately and those are questions we could get into but um psalm 77 runs right against uh that line and uh no longer slaves you split the seas so i could walk right through it but well, i haven't walked through any seas <laughs> um <laughs> I've never done that. It's really cool to think about that I worship the same God who did that for the Israelites. And that's, that's true and, and, and good and, and beautiful. Um, but corporately, um, singing that together 
it makes it self-centered. I'm talking about myself. I haven't walked through any seas. Oh, it's yeah, kind of okay. intellectually, it, it's, it's intellectually kind of, I, I don't know if it's intellectually dishonest, but it's not quite right. Like it has, it has a, a self-centeredness to it. Why am I only applying that thing that happened in Exodus to specifically myself? Sure. Um, there's, there, there's some poetry to it. I understand. But when you get to like Psalm 77, he talks about the same thing. He says, when the water saw you, oh God, when the water saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. Um, he, he talks about, and I actually don't see it specifically right now, but he talks about when they, when God, um, uh, saved the Israelites from Egypt. He doesn't say you saved me from Egypt. He, he's talking about the Israelites being saved from Egypt. He, he's still very centered on God and God they worship, um, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't, in an unhealthy way, only apply it to himself. Right. He's not inserting himself into, you know, what God has done or who He is. Yeah, through through really great, awesome Bible stories, um, which we can. God did do that for me too except he didn't specifically make me walk through, you know, or he didn't split the sea for me. Um, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is it is a bit self-centered to take a Bible story from Exodus and place it on myself, like as if I was there. Hmm. And it's a very, very subtle thing. Um, it's a very, very subtle self-centeredness. But I think if we get into a place where these songs are only worship if we're doing that arbitrarily instead of just seeing the glory of god in the story itself you know i'm not needing to insert any self-centeredness into it um i think that's an unhealthy place of of self-centered worship like i don't need the seas to be split for me for me to come before god and to worship him there are many reasons i should be worshiping god um I, I would rather corporately together as a church marvel at God's at God's might, um, at what He did in, in His Word. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that is a good point. And um, as you were saying that, I was kind of thinking that that's like a way of taking a real problem, like there's people chasing me, actually going to kill me, and applying it to our first world problems um and like making it seem like 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 you said it's um it's really subtle but it's like making our problems seem seem like they need it or like god is doing and performing a miracle to something like that you know um i I don't know i don't know exactly what i'm saying but um i I think you've already put it better than i put it (laughs) (laughs) maybe i don't know but um the other thing i was thinking is that um you kind of, and to further prove your point, is that um, th- this is a good example of a song where it, it there's a lot of me's and eyes, um, like, uh, uh, and I love the song by the way. It's one of my favorite worship songs. But um, you know, furthering that line is you split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. Like, what is that? Five times in the bridge. Yeah. We talk about yeah. myself. Hmm. Yeah. Compared to yeah, we, and we three could, we mentions. could bring okay. so many contemporary songs into that. Um, and it's just me, me, me over and over again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, I always like to think of the Lord's Prayer, and I, I'm so thankful that Jesus started it this way. Is he he is the triune, or he, or he is the Son, the eternal Word of God, the the always has been, always will be Son in the you know Father, Son, Holy Spirit Trinity, and yet when he provided the Lord's Prayer for us, he didn't start by saying, "Okay, you guys, listen up. This is my Father who's in heaven." You guys can, you know, but no, he started the Lord's Prayer by saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, he, he made it corporate. In, in the yeah. Lord's Prayer, we should That's always have that kind of mindset of, this is about me and my brothers and sisters together corporately because Christ brought us into this family. And if we apply the Lord's Prayer to worship, we should always be thinking, how are we together as a fellowship, as a community of believers how are we being brought closer to God for his glory and not for our own glory? Yeah. Give us this. Uh, give us yep. know, or forgive us our trespasses yep. as we forgive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all corporate. Okay. Any any other ideas? We've got five minutes left. I'm going to throw this out there. So I, I, I opened up with a quote from a military commander, and I said, what does worship have to do with... Or no, I didn't say worship because I didn't introduce the topic at the time, but I said, what, what does military, what does, you know, combat or military have to do with our topic for the day? And, and I'm only going to throw this out here, and then you guys can share anything you want to share, but what about, what about Jericho? You know, in terms of military conquest, what happened at Jericho that would make us think about worship? Trumpets. <laughs> yeah. The... The people corporately walked around, and they led the charge with worship to God. Yeah, I mean, I at the end of the day, yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't necessarily, you know, walking so many times was it was, was like mandated. It was the fact that it was do, done for God's glory. Mm -hmm. And that also the amount of faith it took. Like really, like Jericho. You want us to take down Jericho? We gotta walk around it a few times. And then we got to shout and blow trumpets like, that's your plan, God? Really? Um, okay, I guess so. You're God. We're not. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ignorance question, but how long did that take? I think, it, I think it was six days, and on the seventh day they blew the well, trumpets and shouted. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Damien, you're the, you're the scholar in, in the group. Damien? Did we lose Damien? Oh, it, it cut out for a second. I don't know. Oh. I'm not a very good scholar. We're going <laughs> to say it was a week. It was, it was five, five to seven days is what it was. We'll, we'll call it a week. <laughs> it was like FedEx standard shipping. Yeah. <laughs> it was seven days. Seven days? Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. A scholar just told me. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Which scholar? Who do you got there? Who's, who's your right-hand man in this discussion, Damien? Uh, ancient.eu okay I mean it, it was Google really so okay <laughs> <laughs> so how about this for since we that was all really deep how about for the last couple minutes uh, favorite worship songs cool for each of us yeah favorite worship songs um, do you want to go first since you brought it up Tanner yeah um, I don't know if it is my single favorite kind of kind of thinking along the lines that we were just talking about but the first one that popped into my head was Heaven Song by Phil Wickham Okay. Good. I'll, I'll share mine, and then the other two can think about their answer. Uh, on my way home this, this afternoon, I was actually I was listening to I Exalt Thee by Phil Driscoll, and Phil Driscoll is a trumpetist, 
Is that the correct word? Trump, trumpetist? Trump, trumpeter? Trumpeteer. Trump, Phil Driscoll plays the trumpet, and he sings, and he does a great rendition of I Exalt Thee, um, not only in his, in his vocals, but also in the trumpet. But I would say that's still not my number one. My number one has to be um, Psalm 8, How Majestic Is Thy Name by Keith Green. That's, that's number mm-hmm. one for me. You guys? Um, I think, I, I don't know, I bounce around. It's probably more traditionally for me uh, before the throne. Mm. Um, the, you know, you know the you know the one. I don't yep. remember yeah. who it's by. Yep. <laughs> Tanner so was playing that on the piano that. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that one. I know it by heart. <laughs> um, but sometimes, sometimes I I would probably say uh, "Grace Alone" by uh, Dustin Kensrue. Oh, that's a good one. Is that the "Grace Alone" cornerstone? Is that? How that one goes? Oh no, that's no, Christ alone. alone that's Christ found. Oh, okay. I, I probably know it, but I would you have to hear it again. My strength, my song. That's right. Yeah. No, not that one. Nope. nope we're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> awesome. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it um, it doesn't have a chorus. It's just a verse after verse after verse. Oh. It's, it's actually a very uh, it's a very Calvinist song. Nice. It's, it's uh, yeah. We'll have to have you on a future podcast and we can discuss this more. Ian, your favorite worship song? I think um, I, I'm going to say two because I have one that I've been listening to a lot lately, uh, which is actually similar to the other song we just talked about. Um, I really like Egypt, the Bethel one. Okay. Um, or Cor- Corey Asbury, I guess. I think maybe he's the singer at Bethel or something. But um or one of them. Um, but the other one is uh, Great I Am. Mm. I'm trying to look up the, the, the band. It says New Life Worship. I don't know if that's right, but hmm. um, that's a really good song, and it starts out kind of slower and, and builds into a really, really powerful uh, bridge. I like it a lot. Sweet. Okay, well, we're over our 30-minute mark. Death I'm... was arrested. That's another Death one. was arrested? Anyways. No, that's all. That's, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, why don't you, you guys share, our, for all of our listeners, tell us, send us an email, tell us what your favorite worship song is and why. Um, boredombreaker at gmail.com. That's B-O-R-E-D-U-M-B as in boy. Boredom. B, oh, that's what B. R-E-A-K-E-R at gmail.com. Figure it out. Um, I probably goofed that. Ian, go ahead and um, get, get us out of this. Save all right, us. well... If you were uh, not bored, feel free to uh, like. And if you uh, are a little less dumb, feel free to share it with someone else who you feel needs the same. And also subscribe. If you're not, neither bored nor dumb, then you can subscribe. So <laughs> It would be the see, I was too dumb to remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> Special thanks to Damien, our, our guest this week. And uh, I think I – let me also send us an email uh, – Put in the comments, did I shut up enough or was I talking too much in this episode? Uh, God bless you guys next week. <laughs>